What's up, filmmakers and moviegoers? Yeah, because they're moviegoers again. Well, if you're yeah, in certain parts of the world, you can go back to the theater. Yeah, yeah. Um, we did. Yeah, we did. And we're going to talk about a movie that we saw in the theater. Uh, I'm actually going to talk about two movies I saw in the theater. Wait, hang on. What? <laughs> and you, you never responded to my question, or did you? I didn't see the response. Oh, um, when you I went and saw one. The New Mutants was oh. on Sunday. Yeah, oh, okay. so um, it's fine. <laughs> it's totally it's fine. So here's the thing is um I think it was early quarantine and um I think I think HBO it was either HBO Go or it was right after HBO Max kicked off, which I guess was not early quarantine, it was like mid quarantine. Doesn't matter. Time is a construct and quarantine time is all one one moment so uh <laughs> right um but i watched uh what's the dark phoenix anyways i talked no to, you didn't yeah i did so i, I think I, you yeah. must have really been bored. well yeah i was going through stuff not like not like mentally that sounded like i was going through some stuff um <laughs> well I, if you're watching yeah, dark phoenix you're going through some stuff yeah um but i was like how bad could it be well, and then i really uh-huh. I, but then i like awkward curiosity morbid curiosity i was like okay i'll watch it uh, it's pretty bad um so going into new mutants i was like well there's a couple of things in the that original trailer that kind of you know at least interested me and so i was like well it can't be any worse than dark phoenix and spoiler alert it's not it's actually it's better than dark phoenix but that's not saying a whole lot yeah and uh here's it, a, here's a question it's is totally it, fine is it better than venom yeah <laughs> yeah i think it is was dark phoenix better than venom no mm. <laughs> venom if if you are just listening for the first time zach really not despised not hated but loathed venom and let's be clear <laughs> the story of venom i i absolutely hated Right, the story of Venom, and I thought it was just and is still bitter at bleh. me because I made him watch it in the theater. In the experience of seeing that movie in, in the, the theater, AMC when, theater ugh. of all places, and it and and the place was falling apart. It literally was. There was <laughs> ceiling tiles hanging. They left. I don't know. It, like the work lights were on. It, it was. Oh, yeah, it, it was, was terrible. Yeah, it was. A it was bad. a really bad experience. It was bad all the way um, around. So, so I don't if think you're measuring gone. Zach's measurement scale is, is isn't from you know like one star to five stars. It's more like Venom to two thousand one Space Odyssey. Space Odyssey yeah. would be the would that's be probably the, a like good the pinnacle. I, I really like this ranking system now. <laughs> what's what's a five though? <laughs> That would be the five. That would be the five star. Would be no, but what's a? F- oh, okay. Then what's a two and a half? Like what's the middle ground? Yeah, what is a two and a half? Hmm. What's a movie that is perfectly fine? That I think I it's fine. Wouldn't it's fine. mind putting on like if it was on TV, and I would I would just leave the channel where it is. What 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 movie is that? Yeah, we're coming up with the new scale right now. Maybe like a <laughs> Spielberg movie. Mm-hmm. Not that they're. I mean, it's Spielberg, so like you can't you can't say that some of them are bad. But I mean, you can. Well, yeah, I mean, sure you can. Well, I guess what I'm trying to say is like you wouldn't uh, you wouldn't say Jurassic Park is bad, and I wouldn't say it's a two and a half star movie. Oh, that's funny you mentioned Jurassic Park because Sydney's been I've been we've been movie buddying. I've been watching Jurassic Park by osmosis, and she's kind of watched it backwards, which was interesting. Why? I don't know, but it was fun. 
It was fun to see huh. Jeff Goldblum on there. I'm like, oh yeah. Is it know. fun to see the quality get better as you watch <laughs> it, it worse backwards <laughs> to get it for it to get worse? No, because Jurassic I World mean, Fallen Kingdom line, is storyline quality got better, but picture you know camera quality got worse. I, <laughs> I don't know if you watch a really nice transfer of Jurassic World or sorry Jurassic Park, the first one, it looks great. Yeah, you're not wrong. Yeah, it still holds up in a lot of ways. There's a couple of CGI moments, but it was 93. Like you it can't, wasn't. It was a while. Ago. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I don't know what the middle ground movie was. But I totally here, but. forgot that Vince Vaughn was in it. I was like, wait, what? In the second one, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Lost I was, World. I was like, wait, wait, mm-hmm. huh? Yeah, he's the photographer, the Greenpeace guy. Yeah, which is hilarious. But yeah, he's yeah. A, he's actually pretty good in that. Um, what were we talking about? Uh, yeah, yeah, uh, New Mutants. It's fine. Uh, <laughs> Moving on. Watch it. Watch it on it's H- a new HBO Mutants. Max when it comes. Where does out. New Mutants land in the Zack scale? Is it? It's definitely closer to Venom. Yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. A, it, it's, it's like a one and a half. Yeah, it's <laughs> probably a one and a half star. Yeah. yeah, it's a little better than Venom. Not quite Jurassic. The thing Park. that annoys me with um, it feels like other comic book movies, and it's. I think they suffer from the studio not wanting to like take a chance. Mm-hmm. Marvel has a formula and it works and it's fine, and they don't mind throwing 150 million dollars at some random Ant Man movie because they know they're going to recoup that right, you know, tenfold. So it it's kind of unfortunate that I think some of although New Mutants had a, a big budget, it was 160 million, I think, which is. Or maybe it's just a hundred. Anyways, it doesn't matter. That, wow. With advertising, it's, I mean, it's almost $200 million. So it, it's still quite a bit. But um, the thing that kind of frustrated me was like, there's there was a lot of good ideas that I think they could have just went down those avenues and maybe put a little bit more time and budget into that. And I would have liked it more. Um, it definitely suffers from like a weak uh, main actor um, because and not not in the sense of like she's a bad actor meaning then there isn't a big name draw no no i don't care about that at all um she just is clearly like new to the acting scene she's Mm -hmm. she's younger and um she's native american which native american don't get very many opportunities in films to you know play native americans Mm -hmm. or to you know not play native americans and just be a normal person like you are and so in this she's native american they play into that but whatever and um she just gets kind of acted over everyone else all the other characters are clearly like they've had more time in the world, in the industry, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, one of them is a Game of Thrones actress, like, oh, gotcha, you know, so it's like she's got plenty of time to get better and and lots of direction and moments, and clearly, then the main character didn't, the main actress didn't didn't have those moments. So, um, but it's totally fine, and I think um, it's probably not worth watching in a theater. Don't worth not worth paying for. But once it pops up on HBO Max or whatever, yeah, check it out for sure. Yeah, I've I've seen it because it's on the on demand channels um you know coming out of this kind of covid season that we've been in um and it just doesn't look compelling no i don't think I'm the like, trailers did a very good job of it either yeah. um because some of the stuff in the most recent trailers is like it's cool but it's not the majority of the movie and then i, I think it, it definitely suffers from like a the element of the movie once you watch the movie is kind of a spoiler and so you can't really show anything of it 
in the trailer to entice people to go oh, see it without yeah. kind of ruining the movie. Right. So you have to walk, you have to figure out how to walk that line yeah. of being enticing, but then also not just showing the whole film in the trailer. And, right. Yeah. And like, uh, so, we're going to give you, we're going to give the whole thing away in a minute 30. Right. And, and, and you, you don't need to come and see it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I mean, it, it's, it's a bummer because there are some really cool ideas and, um, I just, I, I wish, this was uh, not a 20th Century Fox movie, and it would have gotten some legs and maybe a sequel because I think you get you have that first movie, origin movie, and itis, you know, where yeah. you you have to establish everyone, and then you get to have all the fun in the second movie. Right. And this isn't going to have the second movie because I mean it was dead as soon as Disney bought it. Oh, um, wow. You know, the only reason that it got a theatrical release is because when Disney bought 20th century Fox, which is now 20th century studios and it shows 20th century studios in the, in the, the crawl, the original crawl or the front crawl, whatever, what am I talking about? The, <laughs> the logo that pops up before the, mm-hmm. you know, the opening credits, uh, it says 20th century studios now instead of Fox. But, um, when Disney bought Fox, um, one of the requirements is that all of the movies that were slated for theatrical release had to have a theatrical run, which is why Disney didn't dump this on HBO Max or Disney Plus right. six months ago yeah. when COVID happened because they legally had to drop it. Gotcha. So it'll it'll be on demand. If I mean, you mentioned it showing up, so maybe it already is now, but um, yeah, it's not. It's definitely not. Gonna well, yeah, a lot of the back. theatrical releases. Um, got this on-demand experience through AMC. Yeah, um, and a lot of them were just not compelling. No, um, it's actually been kind of weird, and I don't know if it's maybe intentional that like studios are pulling everything that mm-hmm. would be compelling because they're right. worried about Black Widow, WandaVision. E- yeah, um, I mean, uh, the WandaVision's for the streaming platform anyway. Yeah, but it wasn't um, finished. They couldn't. Yeah, they couldn't film anymore. Um, but yeah, it's, this is an interesting kind of eye, like a view into the psyche of studios because you're seeing what they actually are putting their, their faith into. It's hard for them to make money at home. Somebody was doing the math on, on something I was reading or listening to. I can't remember, but, um, and they said, you know, if, if, uh, for Mulan to make its money back, which is around $300 million, including advertising, um, they would have to sell obviously a uh, hundred uh, oh no sorry a hundred yeah hundred thousand at home right is that the mm-hmm. math hundred thousand times thirty is yeah uh, no a million yeah ten uh, ten million I'm terrible at math right yeah. now ten million so so add the zero Zach um, <laughs> To make $300 million, they have to sell 10 million copies of this. But the problem right. is that at $30 for the Disney Plus Premier or whatever they're, t- they're mm-hmm. calling it, the problem is, is that like, you lose all of those t- individual ticket prices because mom or dad or you know whoever household buys Take, it. Right, takes the family. And then Even 10 people at that. Even though it's a $15 right. ticket, it's 15 times 5. Yeah. Which is seventy five bucks yeah. plus what it, you know, and yeah. now you're paying thirty dollars. So you're effectively cutting your income, and in and psychologically, it's harder to spend twenty nine dollars on a rental. 
it feels stream. weird. Well, they did say you know, they did say saying? that if you keep Disney Plus, you keep it. It's not really a rental. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it's a buy. It is a buy as long yeah. as you keep your Disney Plus. Yeah, I don't. I still don't know. I there's there's something about the threshold of going from that nineteen twenty dollar point to the thirty dollar point. Yeah. For a streamed experience, even though doing the math, it makes sense, right? Family of four paying 15 bucks for for tickets, it's going to cost us $60. Another $50 for popcorn. Yeah, and it's half that. Yeah, right. In in the comfort of my own home, Mm -hmm. sitting in my underwear, and that's fine. Um, But... I, there's something psychologically yeah. there's about there's a barrier between that twenty dollar and thirty dollar like well I, there's a video it's game easier for me too. to say no yeah there's a there's the well that's true too yeah it's because you you have the option to not to do it yeah because like, you yeah. have three million other things that you could rent or buy or just stream on online but it's the sure. video game syndrome where why do digital copies of video games cost just as much as the physical copy? There's no disc, there's it's, no case, there's yeah. no paper. It's so, access. Right. It's, yeah. But if, you know, the internet doesn't get any better in certain locations, I mean, we're, we're very lucky. We have fast internet here, but I mean, you look at places that are ran by Comcast, they're just five megabits per second. Like they can't yeah. handle right. these 4K digital downloads. So, yeah, we turn into a weird digital realm of like well i don't want to pay 60 dollars for a video game if it's physical give me a 15 dollar discount because you're not having to print you know the label and the case and the disc exactly all this stuff and um so i think we're seeing that same problem with um digital movies uh, at least like the theatrical release ones i don't know how much world trolls world tour was i don't think it was 30 though when it came out uh, no, I don't think so, because I looked at it. It was, it was like 15 or 20, maybe? It was maybe? 19, 19 yeah. bucks. And then Invisible Man did the same thing. Because I was this close to doing the Trolls thing, right. and I just couldn't get anybody else in the house to watch it. So I was like, well, I'm not going to watch well, it yeah, myself. Well, yeah, then it's not financially viable anymore. Right, yeah. right. If Sydney's going to watch it, then, yeah, let's, yeah, I'll do it. You know, But um, if it's just going to be me, then I'll just I'll wait it out until it's yeah. you know the 5 or $4 rental. Or, or it'll or just show free. up on yeah. Yeah, Netflix or whatever right um yeah i I think that's it's where we're at and nobody wants to spend and also it doesn't help that there's what over nine million people without a job now so it's like yeah you've uh you've lost a big audience and um yeah i mean this the the economic impact that is happening um that we're in the midst of and we actually um we haven't really felt the full scope of it. No, not yet. I think some people have. Yeah. Um, some people are really struggling. Um, but I don't think first world America has really felt the full impact and the, the magnitude of, of what this what the economic downturn is. Yeah. I mean, not to say that people aren't feeling that or struggling but i think what you're talking about is yeah there's there's definitely a ripple effect of what yeah has happened that hasn't quite hit yet sure i mean then there's some industries that have right yeah. so you look at live nation what you know 95 percent of their revenue stream because of there are no concerts happening or haven't been do they close down um they haven't closed down to my knowledge wish they would <laughs> but as the, you know they're they're feeling it they're definitely feeling it there's a lot of small venues Good. 
there's a lot of small local venues yeah, all now that, sucks. that also are feeling that. So I um, just don't, hope, don't, yeah, I hope yeah. if you're listening, don't misunderstand that, it, that if you, if you, there are some people that are a hundred percent feeling that, oh, yeah. that the whole thing, but I'm saying in general across the general public, there's it, a bigger wave here. That there's hasn't a big, hit, yeah. yeah, there, and, and it just like, we really haven't seen the full magnitude of what, and, but you know it's interesting because there's some new industries that are that are starting to, to come out of this that are yeah. flourishing. So you think of all the delivery stuff. Like yeah, yeah. Wish I would have had Door, uh, DoorDash stock eight months ago. Yeah, exactly. It's just skyrocketed. Uh, Amazon blew up almost overnight. I mean, and it already was big. So yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, you know, it's interesting because I watched Project Power, mm-hmm. um, which is it would have been a theatrical release, but it wasn't because of this situation so i watched it on netflix and um and it's another one of those like i like jamie fox um but just because i like jamie fox doesn't mean i'm gonna go watch that i wasn't compelled to watch that but for a bit part for casey neistat so that's what compelled that was your draw that's what compelled me to watch it because well and i remember (laughs) You know, and that's kind of the world we're in now. I mean, even with David Blaine's latest stunt with the whole Ascension thing. Did you see that? Is it the, the, the balloons? balloons? Yeah. So and what was funny about that is I saw that picture and I was like, I don't remember him doing this in the 90s. I just assumed <laughs> it was old because who cares about David Blaine anymore? Oh, well, he's all over YouTube. He good, was on Zach King. Him. I mean, he's in. And, and Who's it was, Zach King? Oh, that's that that animator guy or the, the editor. I mean, he's yeah. like he does some really cool. The mask editor. Visual basically. magic, you yeah, know, editing magic, um, which is super cool. But uh, but yeah, so David Blaine's kind of, you know, um, become relevant again. U- utilizing YouTube, and he was on all the these top YouTubers in, over the last month or so, maybe mm. two months. You know, he did these different collabs with these pretty well-known YouTubers that have millions of views on every video, and and then he does this Ascension thing, which actually was here in Page, Arizona. Right? Yeah. School. It's like, yeah. Props to AZ. Yeah. <laughs> but. uh you know, and I watched it, you know, and I watched an hour of it. It was three hours long, but I skipped through a lot of the... Three it hours? It was almost three hours long. Was it was it? like two or three minutes short of three hours. And it was a lot of... So Marquez Brownlee was on there, and he comes on, and he's doing kind of interviewing the tech elements of the whole thing. Um, and then there was a lot of, uh, you know, how David Blaine does this breathing technique that allows him to regulate his oxygen levels in his so blood. So that he can float? So he can, so he can, you know, ascend over eighteen thousand feet and still breathe. Oh, without so it's not oxygen. really a magic magic trick as much as it's like a physical feat. Yeah, I okay. mean, he did have to, he did put on oxygen after eighteen, nineteen thousand somewhere did he have a up parachute there. Parachute on? He did have he. So he didn't start with a parachute. Wait, how does he get the it? Parachute after? was stored up in the balloon. What? And then he pulled a release that 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 dropped the the parachute down and then he put it on because he want they wanted it to look like he just grabbed some balloons and off he went you know just so like kind of you know yeah i, I get it magically yeah right know, it's magically delicious um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know I, it's so project power i end up watching because casey nice cameo in it 
and it was super short. And then I, I'm watching it, and I knew his part was, you know, I don't even know if it was a minute long. Yeah. But um, it's pretty funny, though, because his cameo in it is very much like, oh, he's clearly friends with the director. Like the way that it's <laughs> shot and everything, it's very yeah. much like they, they want you to know that it's Casey Neistat. Well, and and so to have him in there, for me, that's what made me sit and watch the movie. Yeah. How many other people watched Casey Neistat's BTS video on YouTube and then went and watched it? Probably. A ton of people. Yeah. He's I'm, got 25 million. I wouldn't be surprised if more people just watched the BTS and didn't see the movie, though, too. Yeah. You know, because that's, sometimes that's more interesting. Yeah. It was for, for those kinds of people yeah. that are watching it, but and it was fine. It was fine. Yeah, it wasn't Venom, but you no. Know, I will it, say this though. <laughs> I mean, because we watched it, my wife and I watched it too, and um, we were we were like, oh, this is going to be what was that other oh, the old guard? We're like, oh, this yeah, is going to yeah. be the old guard all over again, but with superpower. Well, more superpowers. And we after we were done, we both looked at each other like that was fine. Like yeah. that was actually yeah all right. I would yeah. watch another one. Sure. In that universe of sure. them doing something. I mean, Joseph Gordon-Levitt's character is pretty useless throughout the whole thing. He's just kind of there. <laughs> yeah. Um, yep. And But the idea of it, again, the idea of it is very cool. Now that it's established, yeah, it could be the, expanded the, on. Yeah, the, the idea and the storyline was, yeah. was really good. And I felt like, yeah, it was, it, was, it was probably, it was one of those... I was pleasantly surprised. Let's just put it that right. way. Like I did, I, I had very low expectations um, and not, not low expectations because of Jamie Foxx, obviously, right. or because of the director or any of that. I just, I was like, yeah. I wonder how many people, I mean, did you notice that Machine Gun Kelly's in it? I did. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't but really. I knew that. I knew that. Yeah. I, I don't really, I didn't really know who he was. I don't, that's not really my scene. And um, so I was listening to another podcast and they were talking about it. And so I'm, I, you bring up a good point, though. Is like you watched it for Casey. I wonder if you know if is 100%. There, is there star power still? You think? Yeah, for sure. For for a certain demo. Yeah. You know, and I think I think that's the same. You know, it's interesting because we don't talk about this very much. I don't think we've really talked much about it at all. Is you know the star power? Yeah. Right. Because of a certain actor you're going to go watch that thing it, because I, I think we don't talk about it because like, it's almost non-existent now. Well, for me, Robert Downey Jr. Is that like, sure. Robert Downey Jr. Jack Nicholson, whatever they're in, I'm going to go watch it. Even if it yeah. looks lame, even though I haven't watched Dr. Doolittle. Yet. Now I don't mean this in a, in a, in a rude way, but do you think that the star power mentality is attached to age? Because you kind of grew up <laughs> in an era yeah, yeah. of star power. I mean, because you think, I you, think know, so. I, you know, 70s, yeah. 80s, and 90s, you had these 10, you know, these dozens of yeah. people that every movie they were in made a, you know, trillion dollars or whatever, and they didn't make a trillion dollars, but, you know, made a lot of money. Yeah. I um, think for a lot of, de you know, it's interesting because that's been a mentality for studios for a long time. Yeah. You're talking decades. Right. And so that's baked into their DNA. Yeah. They're not, I mean, you know, as an actor grows in their talent, in their skill, mm -hmm. and, you know, they obviously will grow in popularity and notoriety and, yeah. you know, celebrity and all that. And so that's kind of unavoidable the, the better you get. Yeah. Um, 
but you know, I think there is still some of that mentality from a studio perspective. Mm -hmm. And I do think that there is some of that from, um, from, a from different fans. Yeah. And maybe from a marketing standpoint, it's the biggest one. Yeah. Because as a, as a, an average viewer, you and I are not average viewers. Right. Like we consume a lot more content than a lot of people do because sure. it's kind of like, it's our thing. Yeah. But, um, if you think, I mean, I, I would say I might be way off on this and somebody would probably make me a list right now of, you know, 30 people that have star power, but it feels like there's a lot less now than there used to be. And cause I think in like, the 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 thirties, forties, and fifties. You know, you had um, Clark Gable and and um, uh, Gene Kelly, Gene, yeah, all these yeah, people, and, yeah. and, and like people would see those movies for them, for sure. You yeah. know, and then you had Fred Astaire, yeah, I mean, yeah, and then you had the sixties and seventies, and there was kind of this switch mm -hmm. where it became more about the director being the star right, power, right? And then eighties uh, happens, and now it's at least in the action world, it was directors still, but then in your dramas and stuff, you had actors now, you know, were again, right. the star power nineties, right. definitely Jim Carrey and you know, all this yeah. stuff in the nineties. It didn't matter who the director was right. for a Jim Carrey movie. People were seeing a Jim Carrey movie, right? Early 2000s, same thing. And then it felt like, and I think this ties into the movie we're talking about today there's a switch in like 2010 to 2015 maybe where we've gone back to directors. Yeah, I think you're right. And well, I, hmm, that's tough because it's hard to talk about from our perspective. Sure. Because we do look at it from a certain lens. We yeah. We're a little closer than, yeah. yeah and sure. so, so I think, I think our perspective is we're more excited about behind the line. That's true. Than than the general public per se. And so for us, that director, you know, you, 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 you look at what, you know, our favorite award show, you know, honors Hashtag, the top uh, quote unquote favorite <laughs> you saw you, you could you could tell the tone in my voice Our when i said favorite. favorite um you know in the top five awards right and it's but like you said you know right. i think about yeah. watching that show when i was much younger uh, before behind the line matter yeah i even cared about it it was the actors and, right. And that was that right. was eighties, was nineties. Yeah, right. You know, and it was that the best actor was the was the award that you talked about. Right. And then the the, the film yeah. was usually behind that. Totally. You, you weren't really talking about the best director award. Yeah. Though it's in the top five. Yeah. But I totally agree with you. There's been a shift where now you're talking about who who's the best director. Yeah. Who, who made it that? It feels award? like those movies that are you know when they're when they're in advertising and they're in trailers. I'm seeing more and more, and maybe it's not just directors; it's producers as well. But I'm seeing more and more directed by, produced by, so and so you know, produced by the Dark Knight trilogy director and all you know or whatever directed by the Dark Knight trilogy, and instead of starring, right, Robert Pattinson, right, or whatever you know and. And I feel like there's this there's and there's been that shift again back mm -hmm. to towards the director. I mean, you don't you don't advertise like, well, this might be a bad example, but I feel like you advertise more a Tarantino movie for Tarantino than you do Leo and Brad Pitt. 
you know, even though those are huge stars, so they did sure. advertise them a lot. But it, you know, yeah, but you 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 went to, but you um, wouldn't only advertise it as Leonardo DiCaprio and Brad Pitt. No, yeah, and yeah. you didn't, and and you didn't go to to Once Upon a Time in Hollywood because of that. You went to it because it was a Tarantino film, right? Like every, and that was not that was even the general public. Yeah. So, um, you know, and in like, the Parasite director, I'll see anything he does now. Hundred percent. So again, 100%. it's another it's another one of those things. So, um, you know, maybe maybe filmmaking in that scale, that scope, like the theatrical releases, we're now just maybe we're just only gonna see the big auteurs. Yeah, and that's yeah. what's gonna be in the theater now instead of you know the smaller movies where the director doesn't necessarily matter so much. You know, I think back to um, uh, is it Paul Feig. Um, the the comedy director he did, did like the office and oh yeah, yeah. Um, bridesmaids and mm-hmm. stuff and uh, the Ghostbusters reboot and um, like I saw a movie of his last Christmas called Last Christmas <laughs> I think it's what it's actually called <laughs> um, but I had no idea he directed it until the credits came up yeah so I didn't go for that I just went because right. it was a Christmas movie at Christmas time sure yeah so I you know those but again back to that's a smaller movie that's a 20 million dollar movie probably right, you know yeah. so which is i mean it sounds outlandish but it, that's a small budget yeah that's a no budget almost right in hollywood um so yeah I, i'm just curious i mean and i can't think of maybe three bigger directors that'll have as much pull than the one you know christopher nolan spielberg still Sure, yeah. Which is crazy to think yeah. 40 years he's been, you know, pulling in mm-hmm. that much. And then Tarantino now. Yeah. You know, um, people just come out to those. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I didn't even know Robert Pattinson, as you mentioned. Which Rob Pattinson. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Rob Batmanson. Rob Pattinson. <laughs> it's his legal Batman name is Rob Pattinson. <laughs> no. It's from another podcast. If, if anyone knows what I'm talking about. Um. I'll give you a I'll give you a movie ticket. Yeah, I mean we 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 owe a lot of movie tickets that nobody's ever cashed. <laughs> hey, that's not our fault. It's not. We're trying to give not. it away. I mean, we even offered to pay somebody's Netflix for I, two months and I got know. nothing. Yeah, it's so whatever, man. Yep. Small time podcasting. Yep, that's that's the deal. It's not on us. Um, but I didn't even know he was in it. In Tenet. In Tenet. Yeah, he popped up, and I went like, "Oh, snap!" He, he's the best part of Tenet. Yeah, I was like, "I mean, not, uh, it was not a, to get into it yet, but yeah, it was a pleasant surprise." Actually, yeah. I was like, "I was like, oh, hey, 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 Robert, hey, how are you doing, hey, Rob, <laughs> Mr. Pattinson?" <laughs> because there was, I mean, nothing against um, John David Washington, but um, it was like I didn't really know. I mean, as far as like a name he's actor, basically he's, only been around for Black Klansman, but, but he, he's you know, known yeah, for. Yeah, I mean, he's great. He's right. a fantastic talent, and yeah. and um, but I it wasn't he wasn't a big name draw like you're talking about. No, and I mean, I, I, was I don't like, even think they say his name in the trailer. Yeah, I was, I was like, oh, this looks. He's this also looks Denzel's cool. son, which I didn't know until. Wait, what? Yeah, he's Washington, Denzel Washington. <laughs> For real? Yeah. Wow, I didn't realize that. I mean, let me, hang on. Let me look that up and make sure. Because he I'm seems a little sure. older for, I mean, Denzel is no spring chicken, but I'm like, wait, really? Um, yeah. John David Washington. Uh-huh. Is Denzel Washington's son. Wow. Well, he he's crushing it. Like, you can see where he gets his, uh, 
his talent from. Yeah, I mean, he's um, he's great, but I didn't realize in that. So he's thirty six. It wasn't a draw. Wow. No, he was not. Which makes Denzel how old? Oh yeah, I, I'm gonna look that up. So uh, <laughs> yeah, John David is thirty six. Denzel is he's probably 60 something you think so yep 65 so i mean that's yeah that's almost 30 year difference yeah that's not no that's i just didn't realize denzel had a kid that young you know i mean 28 whatever the math is on that yeah um it's great people can have kids it's fine speaking of which yeah it's good i don't know if i've said it since we've been recording but no and actually whoop whoop spoiler (laughs) alert here's the real reason why we haven't been on this podcast for three and a half or four actually it's It's, almost two months six weeks yeah (laughs) almost two months um here it comes and i'm having a baby but i'm not my wife is (laughs) because i can't literally have a child but uh my wife and I are having Figuratively, a baby. Figuratively, you're having a baby, um, yeah. yes. Emotionally, yeah. I'm yeah. having a child. Yeah. Uh, yeah, my wife is pregnant. And, that is uh, super exciting. Yeah. Dude, that, that is the, the most exciting thing that we've ever talked about on this podcast. Yeah, ever. you're not wrong. So uh, most of 2020 has sucked, but this has been good. So um, I so needed, I mean, I've had like a year <laughs> of just bad. Yeah. I mean, it's just been yeah. like awful. And this is this is like the most exciting news we're very excited yeah yeah it, it's awesome and um march 2021 uh-huh. is the due month and uh yeah man uh it, it's it's crazy and it's bizarre and i'm 32 in a couple of weeks and like it, you know uh what else is there after this like i, I was not- 31 when jacob oh was really born. okay yeah. so that yeah yeah it's pretty close yeah um i'm yeah, I'm pretty excited. Yeah. And it's been hard. Well, we didn't, I didn't want to like, I knew the last, obviously my, my wife, you know, as a recording of this, she's 12 weeks, but um, I knew the last time we recorded that she was. We'd, so I that's had found why out you like, were kind of weird. I had found out like two days before. You were like, there was something going yeah. on. And I'm like, and I'm like, I can't tell anyone anything yeah it's way too early to tell anybody and (laughs) our family didn't know yet and i'm not about to announce it on the podcast right yeah (laughs) so so then my mom's like uh then i get a phone call you know monday morning excuse me (laughs) um so yeah we uh we we kept it secret and kept it safe for um, yeah you did 10 weeks and then we just went back essentially avoided me for six weeks yeah pretty much (laughs) that's true I couldn't, it was so difficult to not like, I'm just sitting at work and I'm like, you know, every, every three seconds, I feel like I'm just going to scream. Oh yeah. I'm having a baby. Uh, <laughs> what do you want for lunch? Having a baby. What? Wait, that's wait, what? Huh? Yeah, wait, what? Um, yeah. So I, it, it was more, it was like, if I just avoid everyone, yeah, I'll be fine. Yeah. And I like I was anything. fine. Like the first maybe three or four weeks. Cause I was just, you know, busy and distracted yeah. and everything. And then like, week five and week six i was like does did something happen did, did i did, did the band did I, break up did i did i upset zach somehow like no. what did i do I'm, and, and then you dropped down i was like oh yeah sweet because uh i can't so I, I couldn't awesome. keep it i could not keep a secret if if i put Dude, myself in situations for so. six and a half eight seven weeks knowing like i'm sure you knew longer yeah but um that's impressive yeah that's impressive yeah like wow it was it was difficult but after like the third week i was like okay i can do this this. 
practice. That's like that's like keeping a, a Marvel script secret. I mean, that's that's big. Yeah, deal. I'm I'm better at hiding secrets than Tom Holland. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> at me, Tom. Yeah, do it. Um, Which I think those are yeah. pre-planned. I marketing think so too. Week. It's definitely yeah. marketing stuff. Uh, but yeah, we went back to Oklahoma where I'm from and told our family and surprised them and. It was awesome. So now yeah, uh, we just got cool. the rest of it to go. and Now the whole world knows. Yep. Yeah, it's awesome. Everyone. So so you, you you and your wife trying to figure out names? You already got names figured out? No, we don't know the sex yet, so uh-huh. we're, we're going to wait on that and then figure it out. I mean, we have a couple ideas for a certain a certain sex that it might be but you know we don't want to we don't want to get too deep into it yet um just in case uh we you know we don't want to be let down or not yeah. let down but you know, you know what i mean like you don't want to get attached to one thing and then it just be disappointed right so i kind of steamrolled the names of my kids on my wife as soon as you found out the sex you just like no i mean but i was like we had names for either a boy or a oh, girl okay. each time right and so Emma's name, I gave Emma her name and like middle, like Judy had. Wow. No say. Well, she had, she had a say, but she liked it. So it was oh, fine. So it, that worked out. Um, same with Sydney. Okay. And, and with Jacob, um, she got Jacob's middle name. So she got she one gave, name out got, of all of these. She got one middle name out of, oh out of six. <laughs> wow. But it was she liked it. So well, it was we fine. were unified. It wasn't like this is what's gonna be. And yeah, but you get like to hold that over her head for the rest of eternity because <laughs> you get to be like, Yeah, I named all our kids and you 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 know, you helped out a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Shake and bake and I helped. Like she did all the work, but you right. got all the credit. Right. It was like, you know, the referee that blows the whistle mm. to start the game and then walks away. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. That's funny. Well, that's that's super exciting. Um before we dive into our our main, I mean, we kind of touched on it a little bit, but we did. Before yeah, we let's talk about some other stuff in, though first. Yeah, what 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 other poorly made films have you been watching during your films? boredom? Um, just real quick, I haven't I haven't watched the third one yet, but I did revisit Bill and Ted the first two. Oh yeah, um, sweet. I know I do want to do that too. They don't really hold up beyond like the nostalgic factor right there's yeah. definitely a couple of things that are like oh that's very 80s sure, very yeah. very homophobic um yeah which i was like after like when they when it happens i just went wow like i wow i have to go back and watch it now yeah i think there's something i mean there's again this is i don't think that we should be erasing history from art or art from history whatever however that works mm-hmm. um I, I think Warner Brothers of all people are actually doing a really good thing with the um, the Looney Tunes. They're putting on on uh, the HBO Max. Whenever you watch an old Looney Tunes, there's a little disclaimer that comes up and says this is a product of the time and it has different beliefs and different sure. standards back then and yeah. blah blah. Um, and then so like okay, you puts you in the mind from like this is not the current position of this company but i don't think right. it's right to censor that or get rid of that um like a lot of uh, like netflix took down some always sunny in philadelphia episodes and some other show episodes and stuff because of um you know potential racial issues and stuff and um my thing is like i think doing it right is putting that disclaimer and then leaving it for people to see because if we don't 
keep things out there to learn from how are we ever going to get any better um right yeah that's a good point yeah in, it, in small tangent there but no 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 I, I mean that's not a small tangent i mean that's a very well yeah i just I mean, didn't want to get do, too deep into it yeah all but, right um, it, yeah i mean that's fine we'll put a pin in that yeah. for later but that is a huge you know i was watching awaken with jp which you know he's got a lot of funny stuff on youtube and um and he was recently censored by youtube making fun of you know he does a he does a really good job of um, doing these parodies on these current event type topics, and so some of them were COVID related, and he got he got censored. Yeah, and and that's essentially what you're talking about is censoring, you know these these things that might be cringy, you know because of the yeah. time. Yeah, and, uh, well, and it's a dangerous it's a dangerous yeah. and slippery slope because if we if if we censor that, you know, we're taking away freedom of speech t to some degree. You know that that's that's a thing. Yeah. And then at the same time, we're censoring it because you know we don't align with those those belief systems. But if we don't recognize that those belief systems were there, and we don't recognize that you know they were they at the time that was the popular belief and we're recognizing the, some of the wrongs and the nuances right. of those wrongs. Yeah. Um, and I think the nuance part of it is, is extremely important. Like we can completely wipe out a whole form of art. It's like book burning. Well, yeah. Sense. Fahrenheit 451. Yeah. You're, right? you're, yeah. You're, you're doing that same yeah. thing. And I it's, agree. it's like, wait, now you're going backwards yeah. And you're doomed, doomed to repeat the same thing yeah. if you erase that here's without the, without being yeah. able to. And I and I think you're here's your the solution well here's is, the part of what I'm is a good one. I'm gonna kind of counter what you just said with a little bit. Um, that guy should have known better than to be saying stuff this year. Like there there's. I was oh, in the in the new he, Bill and Ted. No, no, no. Sorry, you were talking about the guy that made the COVID jokes. Like oh, that's. He, I mean, he yeah, should have he, known better. He's not really, but. He, um, but also, here's two things with that. I mean, yeah, you, you mentioned you mentioned free speech. YouTube doesn't fall under free speech um, because YouTube is a corporation and they have sponsors. Yeah, they own and the platform. They own the platform, yeah. right? Yep. Um, free exactly. speech would be him standing on the corner and then saying those jokes, and that's that's totally fine if he wants to do that, um, but. Yeah, sorry, world. Free speech does not mean zero consequences. Well, and it's not even world too, because free free speech well, doesn't exist in most of the yeah, known world. <laughs> right, um, but I mean, for him to have his thing taken down on YouTube, that's totally cool with that. I mean, for YouTube to do that because that's well within their rights. Yeah, they own the as that platform. Right, but um, to speak on that though, like it's twenty twenty. I I think the there's. There's there's two ways to I think approach it. One is like you have to look at adolescence or age of the person, right? And like I wouldn't want to be held accountable from my my views when I was a 15 or even 25 year old when I'm 40 50 years old because I've hopefully I've 
matured and I'm you well know, yeah like and, well, and it's like James Gunn being held responsible that's for exactly his where tweet he, right like 10 years ago now granted that tweet really bad taste he should have known better from okay, the beginning for, for but, sure but but definitely changed and all and yeah yeah so but the point that I'm trying to get at is um the for lack of a better term statue of limitations uh would be you know what what age were you compared to what you are now yeah and then how what was the what was the was it culture what was like? the culture climate dude the culture in, in the moment, 50s you know? yeah. was oh terrible you right. know i mean it, well and it's also like the culture in the 50s and where right there's a there's sure. there's a yeah, there's a we can really only speak to American geographical culture, area. Sure. Even you know, fifties in Tennessee was a lot different than fifties in say New York or Los yeah. Angeles. Which um, actually brings me up to a show that I've been watching. Uh-huh. Uh huh. So there's a nice segue for you. Uh, Lovecraft Country on HBO. Uh huh. Uh, slash HBO Max because I don't have regular HBO, but I think it's I think it's airing weekly on HBO if you just have it. Uh, but yeah, so I've been, we've been watching on HBO Max. It is, uh, I believe it takes place in the fifties because the, the main character was, uh, yeah, World War II. He was in World War II and now he's back after that. And so I think it's the fifties, maybe late fifties, almost sixties. Um, but it takes place in, you know, that era that you're talking yeah. about and it, and the main, the main characters are black and it deals with a lot of that but then it's also if you have any idea what lovecraft means it's also real weird so Mm -hmm. lovecraft was this um ironically incredibly racist uh science fiction writer uh who would be rolling over in his grave right now if he knew that black actors were portraying characters in his stories which is i think hilarious Mm -hmm. but um Lovecraft wrote these crazy, I mean, if you ever heard of Cthulhu and, and, and sea monsters and uh, creatures in the night and stuff like that, like Lovecraft wrote about them. He, he had these big sweeping horror science fiction things. It's kind of the godfather of science fiction horror. Mm. And um, so Lovecraft Country is this nickname that um, they give this certain area of, uh, I think it's... Massachusetts or West Virginia or like some someplace kind of north uh, east coast area mm-hmm. and um, this the guy that you know was in World War II he's looking for his dad who's gone missing and then it leads them to Lovecraft Country and this crazy mansion and uh, this weird cult and then it goes real crazy by episode two and then completely does a 180 and episode three is a totally different story and in episode four i don't know what it's going to be so it's like it's incredibly interesting and the acting is great and um yeah i i definitely recommend it if you're trying to find something that's super different because it's not like anything else out there right wow. now yeah um true. and i've been having a lot of fun watching it and i never the the thing that i'm loving about it the most and it's the same reason why i liked um doom patrol and uh, umbrella academy is you don't know what is going to happen next it's not predictable right and uh i've been really appreciating those kind of weird out of the box shows lately Mm -hmm. that are more unique than uh just good right because not everything about this show is good and great but it's engaging right and to me like that's that's a little bit more important uh sometimes 
yeah. you know, um, engaging and intriguing. Like, right. hey, where's this going? And it, yeah, and, it, and it's captivated your attention enough. Yeah, to to go along for the ride. And I liked that they weren't afraid to just be like, oh, you know, the first the story stuff from episode one and two. We're not even going to talk about episode three. And so it's like, oh, well, okay, so maybe that wasn't as important as we thought it was going forward. And there's actually going to be, you know, some scooby doing going on where like, you know, <laughs> each episode is a different little threat or something that right. has nothing to necessarily do with that first storyline. Yeah. Um, and that keeps it fresh. That keeps it interesting and uh, never, never dull. So yeah, Lovecraft country on HBO. I definitely check that out. And then I mentioned umbrella Academy and you were watching yeah, that, right? you did. You finally got to see it, huh? I mean, you know, Sparrow Academy. Whoop. Spoiler alert. Ooh, oh, sorry about wow. that. <laughs> It's been out for like four weeks now. We can yeah. probably spoil it yeah. up a little bit. Yeah, I mean. Um, they did get picked up, right, for season three? It did, okay, for good. sure. I'm excited about that. A um, lot of nice twists and turns. Uh, did you like it more or less than the first season? Hmm. Well, I mean, the first season, because I didn't read any of the comics. Neither have I. And so it's all it's all fresh and new to me. Sure. Um, and I think from what I understand there, these are a little different than the comics as well. They are a little different, um, from what I've, like I've read some different tweets and whatnot. Um, that's tough. Cause I, d I enjoyed season two. I know you really liked the first season. Yeah. The first one hooked me. I was like, yeah. I, I, I liked it. Um, I feel like season two is the better season. It is. I think you're right. I think it is. Yeah. I think the. I think it's more developed. Yeah. It they 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 were like, all right, we're going to try this thing, right, and just see how it goes, and yeah. then it went well, and they're like, and we can do it better with a better budget. Yeah. And and I think that's what it happened. looks incredible. It does. It's uh, fish tank guy is it looks amazing. <laughs> that effect is so good. I was like like. Oh, how is he going to smoke that cigarette? I was like, oh, that was cool. Yeah. <laughs> it was really, you know, it's, it's just good. little details it's like good. that. And yeah. I think the the teleporting and stuff is is really well done. Um, Luther, the half ape guy or half gorilla, uh, looks better this season. I think yeah. he doesn't look kind of as cartoonish as he did the first season. Right, right. The, the prosthetic is yeah. is better. It and they give like. him a lot more to do. It feels like this season they gave each character a lot more to do. A yeah. lot more, maybe not to do, but a lot more character development. development. Yeah. Um, and so they were able to, you know, um, I liked Luther's personality. And he had a very kind of Brad Pitt lotions 11 vibe to him yeah yeah where he was you know kind of sarcastic and then a little depressed and then kind yep. of like always he was always eating something right yeah he's, and he's eating his emotions yeah, yeah he had that big old bowl of, of uh eggs right and you think he's making them for all of the all the kids and it's just for him right and he's just and then he's like kind of like sobbing while yeah. he's eating i mean yeah. there's a lot of character moments that i don't think the first season had like right. this the first season yeah. felt a little quicker maybe and Ellen Page felt completely useless until like the last two episodes mm -hmm. in the first season. But this one's like, there's something going on every season that kind of progresses. Yeah. It's basically the plot of the first season again, just in the sixties. Right. And in Dallas and instead of California, wherever the first one took place. Yeah. But, um, I think, I think it's the better season. Though. Yeah. I think you're right. I think just, you know, the relationship, the relationship with the characters is more developed. Yeah. You're, you understand them a little more and there's a little more emotional connection. Yeah. Um, and there's the, and, and the, those moments are developed a little better. Yeah. 
Um, they, they purposefully gave more time to that, more thought to that, I'm sure. Yeah, they, they, slowed, they slowed the right moments down yeah, to the let the characters was, have their moments. That was probably yeah. a big part of it, too. The pacing felt better. Yeah, it really yeah. did. We, yeah. we got through it in a weekend, I think. Um, which <laughs> that's awesome. Which was yeah, I think not was the three case days. for the, the the first one. It took me, I don't know, it took my wife and I maybe, and she barely paid attention to the first season. Yeah, it was like maybe two weeks to finish the first season. You know, which for us, like that's that's really slow. Yeah, for especially for like a binge show. You know, when all the episodes are released at once. Okay, let's talk about binging for a second. Okay, I have been bugging you to watch Money Heist over and over and over. I'll never week do it. After week. I'll never watch it. That's not. You're such a liar. I'll never see it. <laughs> I'll never turn it on there, one there, weekend there, and there not watch anything like, else for three weeks. And if you don't know, go back and listen to some of those episodes where I bring those up. And Zach seems seems uh, you know kind of like uh, I'm I'm dodging. I'm, it's a bob and weave type of thing. And yeah, and and I'm I'm like yeah, I'll get around to it. I'll get around to. It. There's so much TV <laughs> and. Boy, did I get around to it. Though. Yeah, you did. Uh, Four seasons in five, how long? Five, five seasons. seasons. Yeah. We watched, I think it was, I think we watched five seasons in th- in two weeks, maybe three weeks. Dude, that's a lot. Maybe two and a half weeks. <laughs> it was, it, it, We. I mean, we watched it on the weekend. Mm-hmm. I would come home from work. My wife's been working from home, not to sound like I'm just, I'm the man, I'm coming home from work. Um, <laughs> I would come home from work. We'd, we'd put it on and eat dinner and watch it. And then we'd watch three episodes every night. Yeah. And they're and not short episodes. No, they're like 48 they're, minutes Yeah, along. almost an hour every episode. Yep. And um, we watched them subtitled. So with, yep. so in the actual uh, dialogue voices for the, for the actors. And so it forced you to definitely like, you had to pay a lot more attention than usual. So you couldn't zone out at all. And um, so it's, it's an incredible series and I don't understand how they kept essentially like one event. So captivating for at least the first two seasons. Right. And then another singular event captivating for three more seasons, right. like, or vice, it might've been vice versa. Anyway, um, it's incredible writing yeah and all of the characters are so interesting and fun right when they need to be and then like super dark and terrifying when they (laughs) need to be and um it's i I don't know i i mean i understand the hype now like i get it like it's it's one of the it's probably one of the best shows ever made wow from and maybe not from like a technical standpoint yeah. or an actor or cinematography, although it is beautiful and like it's it's really well made. Yep. But the writing and acting and I I guess maybe the directing you would attribute to that as well. Like for it to keep your attention for just two events that essentially almost all take place just within a bank for five seasons and that's it. Like that's that's an incredible feat. Right. Like for yeah. you to be able to write something like that and it to work and translate and keep your attention. Oh yeah. And the way that, that they wove the story together yeah. from the, from the flashbacks right. and, um, kind of the, you know, the, the preface and all the planning and oh, everything. And, and then the, and then in the way it, you know, the, you're coming in and out of yeah. time essentially yeah. with these, you know, 
you know, these flashback memories back to when they were doing this thing and then they show you that thing. Yeah. And, oh, dude, it's just so well done. Now it, you see why I was so yeah, excited. About I get it. it. I, I totally yeah. do. And the, the, like, I love that it wasn't just like everything happened perfectly. Like, you know, an Ocean's Eleven movie, like some things, a couple things might go wrong. But it's still like at the end, it feels like everything came together exactly as it was supposed to and planned out to be. Right. Well, the professor just seemed like he was right. one step ahead every. But then when turn. he's not, it's like then that's when it gets really gripping, right? And engaging, and you're seeing them like adapt in the yeah. moment. And that to me was like that's such good writing to mm-hmm. not just because if if I was the audience and it was like they always got away with it perfectly, I would get bored. Sure. And I think you know yeah. the writers and the producers like they knew that. Yep. It's like has to be some sort of conflict in the conflict like dude, I, the I, shift in the conflict yeah, too from right. character to character oh right. dude that's the, oh, that's the smartness of it yeah that's the smartness of yeah. it is like it's not so much the conflict of like bank robbers versus police right it's actually the conflict of like the bank robbers versus the bank robbers like they all have their own conflict they're going yep. with between each other yep. and that's what keeps it engaging i think yeah um and all the side characters are interesting in their own right too like it feels like somebody you know when i I don't do a lot of writing but whenever you write up something especially a tv show you have like what's called like a story bible or a script bible or whatever Mm -hmm. a character bible and that breaks down the character of like what does that character what's that character's favorite color what does that character love to eat what does that character hate to eat what smells do they not like and it's stuff that might not ever be in the show or the movie or on screen at all and but it helps the actor director everyone know what makes that character tick yeah and it feels like every single person that is on screen in this whether it's a tiny hostage that never has a line or anything all has a character bible mm-hmm. and it it feels like maybe one of the best probably pre-produced show like the pre-production on the show was probably immaculate yeah, I can't even imagine how how much pre production went into this show because it, it's not it it's a show that's like it has good editing, but there's no way it was like salvaged in editing. Right, exactly. everything yeah. feels meticulously planned out mm-hmm. filmmaking wise. Like it, it's very good. Yeah, yeah. So I'm sorry it took me this long. <laughs> um, I'm just glad that you got around to it. Yeah, I, I, I mean it's it the, was the so cliffhanger though on season five though, and I'm like. Now I gotta wait for season I six, know, and like I haven't even started know, filming it I yet because of COVID. I know, and uh, I know it's like uh, first world problems, but yeah, exactly. Um, but because it was so on par with Chernobyl, yeah, I was like, you got to see this. You're, Super I mean, engaging. Just, yeah. just like you said, well planned, like really well planned mm-hmm. from. The cinematography standpoint, really well planned from the acting and the character development standpoint, really well planned from the writing standpoint. I mean, it was just the full scope of that. You know, when a team comes together and gels like that on all those levels, there's, you know, some special magic happens. And, you know, and it's really encapsulating that magic. and that's why a, a Spanish-speaking show has gotten five, you know, six seasons now. Yeah, like that's it's probably amazing. unheard of. And the yeah. budget's got to be really high. It's a it's a well put together show, expensive looking show. Yeah, really. So uh, I mean, it's not a perfect 
script or show there's definitely a couple of like yeah. uh, come on moments but you just go along with it so yeah uh it's a lot of fun it is fun um yeah let's see what else i did i did watch you know i finished wrapped up down to earth which i thought was good it was yep. like a front thing with uh darren yeah, spoilers uh, for that real quick. Uh, crazy about his house and stuff, right? Oh, that was... Yeah. I, I was in tears at the end of it. I I'm know. like... You don't expect that no, in that show. No. And then when it cuts to... The, it says, like, the date, and I was like, why does a date sound familiar? Yeah. And then the, the little caption, and you're like, oh, crap, yeah, that's right. Flyer. Yeah. Because yeah. I lost all track of, like, when was, when was things produced when I was watching stuff right. during COVID? Because right. it's like... Oh yeah, this is either a year old or maybe only four months old, you right. know, because when stuff shut down, it didn't shut down until April, basically. Yeah, just um, crazy. Yeah, I mean, anyway, that's a great show. Was it? Was the show called? I can't remember. Down to Earth. Down to Earth. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's really good to check out, though. Yep. Super wholesome. Yeah, and and really good to think through. I mean, it's made me a, a lot more self aware about choices that I make. Sure. Like sustainable choices. Yeah. Um you know, resource choices and that kind of thing. So trying to, you know, rethink, you know, single use yeah. plastic bottles, you know, that yeah. kind of thing. Well, I, so, yeah, I had a moment uh, yesterday, you know, I had the, our, uh, our admin got us coffee and I got an iced coffee and it came in a plastic cup and it didn't have a straw. And I was like, oh yeah, they don't do the straws anymore at Starbucks. But it was still all plastic, right? It's like well, where where does that go? Like, right. yeah, the, we the plastic a, straw got demonized because of the turtle video, and right? Then, and then, but the rest of the plastic, but that hole it. in the plastic of the Starbucks cup, what's going to get stuck in that? You right. know, like, or, or does as it, or the does plastic, it, de, de, you know, deteriorates, yeah. what are those little plastic pieces yeah. going to get into? And I'm and I'm speaking. Yeah. I mean, I'm speaking out of no complete ignorance to it. Maybe it is a biodegradable plastic and i don't know about it but yeah let's hope yeah so i mean because that feels like one one step backwards if you're just gonna add more plastic to it but dumping the straw i mean just give me a wooden straw right or whatever you know yeah, paper straw paper straw yeah 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 paper straws they're kind of i mean oof, those are rough because they start to because to keep them together they got to coat it with wax oh know. so it's got its yeah. own thing yeah there's oh and then they don't really last. I mean, you're lucky if it lasts through the end of the drink. How about let's not use a straw at all? Yeah. I'm, How about that? Yeah. Like just drink out of out of a, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I don't know. We what, can go what are we on doing? And, Environmentalist and, podcast. Yeah. Now? Exactly. Yeah. But I think we do need to be more self aware. I, I, I appreciate you know, you know Darren's you know emotional close at on that you know conclusion that final episode, you know as emotional it was for him to lose his house, he was still, he was like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm grateful that we're doing this thing because we need to make, we need to use our influence to make a difference. We need to help yeah, and change it, what's happening. Not only what happened to his house too, kind of you know, conveys the fact that he's trying to present in the show. Right. Exactly. You know, so, um, Anyways, uh, okay, real quick, mm -hmm. two real quick hits before we hit our, our boom, boom. Our, let's go. Seven Deadly Sins anime. Um, Don't know it. It's it's on Netflix. It's okay. it's it's pretty good um, as far as anime goes. But 
Would you give it an anime Anna Yay or anime? <laughs> I would give it an Anna Yay. I All mean, right. it's it's kind of adult themed in All the right. sense of you know, there's some <laughs> the main character Meliodas is a little lusty. Let's just put it that way. Oh. And the title of the thing is Seven Deadly Sins. Oh, so I thought maybe that was a metaphor. It isn't. I mean. I was it being is, sarcastic. It, it is. It isn't. Anyway. <laughs> Anime um, is always on the nose. Um, but uh, here's one that is an absolute and a yay. What? Death Note. Oh, you've finally watched Death Note? Yes. Have you seen this? No. Death Note is fantastic. The yeah. writing, um, it's kind of like the... Um, the investigate you know the police investigation type of show uh, i'm yawning out of my excitement i'm sorry yeah anyway it is it is really well done it's, yeah i mean it's, i hear it's really I hear it's great and that's why people were upset with the the live action yeah. remake it didn't didn't live up to it yeah i didn't see the live action remake but the and and this is the, you know the show's like 2013 2014 it's pretty old now, and know. it had a couple of seasons and um but just really well written. I'm gonna guess you're gonna, you're gonna get to a, Attack on Titan next, probably, aren't you? Uh, yep, that's coming. Yeah. I mean, you know, Jacob was uh, well. Netflix just dropped Erased on on their um, their anime selection, so I got to go watch that. You got some you got some homework. Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot of and you know it takes a minute though i'm i'm i'll i'll give something one or two episodes if you if you can't hook me by two maybe three if it's on the fence uh, i'm out yeah um, that's fine you yeah. got you got to get you got to get my attention in there yeah. i've given i've given you an hour and a half to 2 hours potentially and if you can't do it in yeah. that amount of time yeah you give them the feature length yeah. one and then if they can't hit it in the feature length time okay deuces so Speaking of uh, feature length and confusing, <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess feature presentation here. Yeah. Uh, the movie that's going to bring everyone back to the theater. Chris Nolan's Tenant. From the director of the In, Dark Knight trilogy. And Inception. And Interstellar. <laughs> I couldn't remember what the trailer says. Anyways, yeah. Um... Yeah, so Tenet. Let's talk about Tenet. Yeah. Can can we talk about Tenet? We can. Did you hear any of the dialogue in Tenet? Oh, snap. <laughs> I can talk about the visuals in Tenet. I don't know if I can tell you exactly. No. Uh, I, I it's funny. Um I guess it's not really funny. Funny ironic or funny haha. <laughs> well, um let's let's talk about sound for a second. So, um, you know, good friend of the podcast, Mark Mangini. Yep. Um sound artist and you know we went to him now granted he's not the guy that's mixing everything um that's you know somebody else in the final processes and stuff but um you know we he he's a sound artist and he's doing sound effects yep. and and things like that and i gotta just wonder like how do those guys feel right now or the the sound mixer for this movie or even the composer because everyone is crapping on the mix for this movie right now. There's, oh, really? There's articles being written it wasn't about it. Just, it wasn't just our, our I, experience. Apparently not. Oh, Which that's is a, a drag. big bummer. 
That is a really big yeah. bummer because so, our just so that yeah, let yeah. the listeners know our experience. Zach and I went together, um, and we went into a, a huge. Uh, it's not IMAX height, but it's a huge yeah, theater. It's a big, big real fancy. Atmos. It's the Cine One that Zach always yeah. talks about, which is a fantastic experience from top to bottom, ninety nine percent of the time. Except in our experience when we watch Tenant. But we're finding out that that's not the we, theater's fault, apparently. We thought that the theater had the gain turned up yeah. too high, which muted some of the dialogue. And even because I brought Sydney with me, which is my 13-year-old movie buddy. Um, also a daughter. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and that was the first thing that she said. We, we kind of break down what we thought after you know after we see something and she was like well i couldn't hear a lot of what they were saying yeah it was like and i was like she was like it was really loud it was really loud and and she attributed it to being home and not being in a theater for six months that's what we thought too and so we were like i'm like oh that makes sense i'm like yeah you know we're not used to those kind of big blaring speakers and that that big over-the-top experience and I would have thought that had I not just seen New Mutants in the same theater the day before. Uh. And New Mutants mix was chef's kiss. Yeah. It was great. Like, I mean, it was that movie was totally different kind of movie. I mean, it still had explosions and stuff, but. So you, and and I haven't paid attention to any articles or any reviews coming out after. And, and, and so that's, that's, it's apparently a thing. Oh yeah. So uh, how do you make a movie to that scale? With that, I mean, I mean that's Chris Nolan. Yeah, I mean you're that's your name on that. Thing. I have. And how a, does it get released? I have a theory. So my speculation, my speculation is that with IMAX and Dolby Atmos and whatever other mix versions that you have now, you're not just getting the old theater style where you just had you know essentially five point one surround sound in the theater you're getting, you know, uh, 11.4 and or or 20.7, you know, <laughs> whatever like, it is. Whatever yeah. however many speakers there are. And so what's happening is that Nolan I f- have a feeling he is just in these normal mixes. And then what's happening is WB or Universal or whoever is then once they go and they outsource the mix for the Atmos and the IMAX, Nolan doesn't give a crap anymore or, or whoever it doesn't, it's not just limited to this movie. You know, I don't think he necessarily cares or is maybe just not involved because he doesn't have the time to sit there and listen, watch the, his movie again and give notes on the Atmos mix. You know what I mean? Like he, he doesn't have that time. So who, why not? Why shouldn't he have that time? I don't I mean, know. If if you're if I'm putting my name on a project, I'm gonna I'm gonna make sure but that this all is, the details. Think about it like in the corporate sense, though. Yeah, yeah. This I mean, feels like I mean, because look back at the 3D stuff back in you know 2009 after Avatar comes I'd out. I'd rather not. I I agree <laughs> with you, but think of all the crap that came out that was post converted 3D. Yeah. Some of it was better than others, and that's yeah. because some companies. They're like, they thought about it during production and then did post-conversion 3D. Right. And some of them just slapped the post-converted 3D on at the end. Yeah. And that stuff looks terrible. So I think what's happening is that you're getting 
these third party sound mixes and they're doing it in their setup and it maybe it sounds perfect to them or they're being told by somebody by atmos it's got to be louder we have to be the loudest we got to be the loudest speaker because people are coming to the theater now to be blown away yeah and i know and, and there's and and i because I remember the mix at Venom in the in what was that Dolby thing that we yeah Dolby was, Vision or whatever it yeah. was, and it that was terrible there too. It was way too loud. Yeah. It sounded distorted. Yeah, the the whole loudness thing, and and they do this on radio too. Yeah, right. If you're listening to the radio, the ads are like six or eight dB higher than the music is. Right. Um. And and so the music mixes know that they're trying to put, so they'll push the, the gains up mm -hmm. and, um, and to use volume as a, as a creative artistic element, I'm, I'm okay with to a certain extent, but I don't think they're doing it for artistic. Yeah. They're th doing it for corporate. Yeah. Like, I don't know marketing, but you understand what I'm saying. Totally, is, do. is that yes. you know if you're if you're if you're using volume as as a as a creative tool mm -hmm. that you have to to push that, that's one thing. Right. But when your volume is is interfering with the dialogue, when your volume is overpowering and and is to it makes it a. I mean, it's to Mark's point. Yeah. Audio is more important than the pretty pictures. Right. It really is because you, you've got this amazing film. Yeah. That, what are that, we sitting that, here talking about? That, now? I'm not that, talking about the cinematography exactly, with you. Exactly. I mean this, I mean, Nolan worked very hard with a very, a team of excellent people that he's got gathered together and made yep. this amazing film that, that is not getting the love that it, it deserves. Um, and, and a big part of it is because the sound, the, the the sound is a miss, yeah. And it's not just a miss, dude. It's a huge fumble. Yeah. I mean, it's it is weird. I though. would have rather him released it on the stream, and I could watch it at home where With I can control the volume and that too. Yeah. Right. You need, and then if the bad mix is bad, I can turn it down, yeah. and I got the subtitles on. I so mean, there, subtitles yeah. don't bother me. No. No. There is this thing, um, I think in the in the 90s they started doing it, um, where it was the home stereo mix, um, and they would make, to make you feel like you were in the theater at home, they would boost all the all the, the lows and explosions yeah. and stuff at home. Yeah. So for the VHS and the DVD and stuff. So that mix was an even more different mix than the theater mix that you were, you know, originally right. getting. Um, but it feels like we've gone to louder is louder is the draw or like at least that's what some of these people think that yeah. loudness is a draw i go to adobe atmos theater or an imax theater for clarity right of sound right not loudness right exactly like you're you're looking for an experience that's encompassing yeah not overbearing right yeah yeah so it, it, it's a bummer that we're yeah we're sitting here and dude we're talking about tenant and it's, it's like, the audio wait, that what? we're talking about. Yeah. I know it's what. Yeah, it's not the mind-bending uh, 
doesn't really make any sense. Sure. My brain, you know, it's funny because we were talking a little bit in the lobby as we walked out and I'm like, man, my brain hurt and I can't really hear what yeah. I can't. I'm like, huh? Yeah. <laughs> it's know, like you like, just left a concert. I mean, but worse, at yeah, least well, I can yeah. hear what they're saying in a concert. Yeah. Let's hope so. <laughs> yeah. It, it's, oh, it's dude. so bizarre. Um, and you know there was there was a similar issue with the Dark Knight Rises with Bane's voice right. and they actually went in that and, effect and they did a new mix for that for the actual release. If you watch the, if you were fortunate enough to see the prologue, um, I think it was with, I don't know. They just played it in the IMAX theaters. You couldn't understand anything Bane was saying. Right. And so from that feedback. Um, the film's version of Bane sounds totally different than the prologue uh, pre-release version of Bane. Uh, it's clearly ADR'd in the theatrical release, mm-hmm. and, it, it, and I think it actually suffers from it. I would have much rather them make it almost more, or, or sorry, less intelligible, and that would have maybe benefited the character a little bit to be kind of a little creepy. I don't understand what you're really saying. Right. No one understands what you're saying. That's kind of terrifying. Right. Um, but if that's an element, right. right? Like if that's a written element, because that feels like it was, then that's intentional. It feels like yeah. it was intentional, but then he got a little bit of pressure from, look, this is Batman. You can't screw this up. Like WB was like, no, you have to, you have to remix. Yeah. Uh, Tom Hardy's voice here. Um, because I think inception sounds great. I remember seeing that in the theater. There was nothing wrong with it. But there's this article, I think it's the New York Times, it might be LA Times, um, or it might be way off on that. Washington Post, maybe. It's it's, it's somebody, and Mm -hmm. they're talking about how modern movies have this problem of um, mixes being too heavy-handed on the stuff that doesn't really matter. Yeah, you know, explosions and stuff to make it seem bigger. Right. And I think I think it's a product of. Uh, this is I didn't get to the point, but this is why I brought up the 3D conversion back in the 2009. Is they've run out of like, well, what else can we do to bring people to the theaters anymore to compete with the streaming services? Um, and I even said this, I'm pretty sure, a couple episodes ago that like, um, or back when maybe the theaters were still open, like what's going to get me to the theater is uh, a, a better screen and clarity in sound like a better sound system and better does not mean louder right and i think what they're trying to figure out not not so much theaters maybe but you know um companies that are supplying things to the theaters they're trying to figure out what's our draw what can we how can we can how can atmos compete with imax crank it well we want to be known as this experience that just leaves you eviscerated because the sound is so and it's like yeah, and instead of eviscerated it's obliterated <laughs> yeah right <laughs> And I think that's what's happening, though, is you're yeah. seeing this, I don't know if it, I mean, the sound war right. going on right now where yeah. they're, they're trying, because they no one wants to see 3D movies anymore, so they can't be pushing sure. 3D movies to get that extra upcharge. How can we get people into our theaters? What's something that we can do in the theater that they cannot do at home? Loud, loudness, and bigger screens. Okay, sure. Give me the bigger screens, but yeah. give me clarity on audio. Right. I don't care if it's loud or not. Like... That could have been 20 dB quieter, and I would have still enjoyed it just as much. 100%. Yeah. Um, and 20 dB is significant, if you don't know. Like, that right. is in, like, I would have had to have been like, huh, every once in a while, because that's so much quieter, but I would have enjoyed it more. But you, but, but you wouldn't have had to go, huh? Yeah, I wouldn't <laughs> have to go, what? Because it was what? so loud, because you would have heard what was happening. Deaf now, thank you. But part of it was the mix. 
totally. Part of it was the mix too. It yeah. was, you know, not just, you know, all the VFX and underscore and all of that um, being too cranked up. You know, the mix, literally it out, um, it, it drowned out dialogue. Yeah. And, and that's a bad mix. There's one moment. It's a bad mix. There's one moment where, and I think it was in, intentionally for a moment, hard to understand because you're you're not supposed to i don't think and he's wearing a face mask and well, that yeah thing. but it's yeah. it's when um they're talking on either side of the glass yeah and what he's doing is he's it's not a spoiler he's so, talking should we drop a spoiler well, no there? not yet one guy's talking backwards and the other guy is hearing it forwards so right. there's like some recording magic going on there it's yeah. like one room converts it over to the other yeah way. And there was some kind of digital effect yeah you kind of yeah. and so that moment though that first moment i'm like what is he saying because i think that was intentional though you're supposed to be like oh he's talking backwards but you were supposed to get it a lot quicker than we did in the theater because the mix was so bad on right. it it just sounded like <laughs> and then he would say like I like to drive cars, but you would hear it like, I could drive cars. Like you couldn't understand it at all. So you, your brain had no moment to like, right. Oh, that's what he's talking about. Right. Like it was this really cool idea of a moment where the guy's talking backwards and then, but the other guy's hearing him correctly, but there's having to be a conversion, but it totally fails because the yeah. mix right. is terrible. And and that leaves you confused. Yeah. That leaves you walking out. Of and the not in like going, a good way. Right. Yeah. Not where you're like what? not like Inception. Just, Inception, where your mind was blown, but um, yeah, it wasn't blown to the point where it was blown to the point where you were inspired to go watch it again. Sure. Yeah. Um, on this one, your mind's you know not blown because you're confused. You're like, oh well, yeah. Yeah, I wanted to see it again <laughs> more so so I could understand the stuff that I missed more than just trying to figure out like, oh, this was great. Right, which know? is what I said. I was like, I want to go see it again because maybe that maybe that one experience, yeah. right? Like I didn't want to slam the film yeah. because of that one experience and maybe the theater dialed up the game too loud. Which is, yeah, we assume. So just to be clear, yeah. apparently not Harkin's fault. Yeah. Uh, it's just the mix they were given. Right. And uh, I, wouldn't, I would not be surprised if we got a patch patch update <laughs> i mean <laughs> you get a patch of well they, they did it for cats they do a re-release they did it they well it's all they digital deliver. it's all digital so now they you just you get a, a new, new you get a v2 yeah. and right. then they just play the v2 from there on out um yeah but you I, can't recover from that though no because now the articles have been written the reddit posts have yeah, been done it's, like it's, it's released it's everybody's excited they go yeah. the first week they're you know the yeah. moviegoers right the people that are excited about films in the theater mm -hmm. have already gone to see it. Yeah. And um, maybe the drag your feeders haven't, you know, they're do planning on it and they're getting hit with all of this. And they're yeah. like, oh, well, maybe I shouldn't even bother. Oh, I can't even understand. I was wait for it to be home and I can watch it on my, right. you know, my 27-inch Casio. Right, which then in turn makes the stream release more profitable if they would have went that route. Which they were so yeah. Ab ab I mean, opposed I'll, I'll see it again in the theater, but I'll say this: I'm looking forward to seeing it at home when I can turn the subtitles yeah. on. So um, I can, yeah, I can. and I'm gonna wait a couple of weeks before I go. Try oh, you to didn't see go it see it again? No. Okay, uh, I, I thought you were going to. I was. Yeah, and then the AC went out. Ah, uh, yes, that's right. Yeah, so that had to happen. Yeah. And, yeah. Well, um, a couple of let's talk about some positive things with it though. Uh. Robert Pattinson, Robert Pattinson, 
is fantastic. He is. He's so good. He is. Uh, And uh, what's really cool is, you know, we talked about this in the past, like how an actor can get past, um, you know, like Daniel Radcliffe can get past Harry Potter, right? Like how does an actor get past being in a role for so long, like, you know, Twilight? Yeah. And I totally... Yeah, and there's been a significant amount of time since then. Yeah, so, and he's done a bunch and, of and other stuff. Some amazing yeah. stuff. So, um, you know, I didn't, there was none of that. No, you don't see but, Twilight at all. Yeah. No, and, not at all. But, and it was, he, oh, yeah, he was just so he's, good. He's really good. And he's, yeah. he's um, I think he's probably the best character in the whole movie. Um, he's definitely the the best written yeah. of the of the characters and probably the best directed of them because the, the delivery was the fantastic. delivery is great and he's he's got like a lot of charisma mm-hmm. and um, but also a lot of like kind of innocence and um, almost wholesomeness and you find out why as the story progresses sure. but he was definitely not like. Um, this suave, arrogant guy that I was expecting him to be Not going into all. the movie. Not at all. Yeah. Um, yeah it, it's yeah. You know, Eric, let's drop the spoiler warning. I couldn't be more happy to do so. It's been a while. Boop, boop, boop. Spoiler alert. Spoilers ahead. If you have not seen tenant and care to without any spoilers, push pause on this podcast, go to your nearest theater, watch tenant, and then come back and, Play it from this point. You have been warned. There are spoilers for Tenant ahead. Boop, boop, boop. It was so loud in my ears. <laughs> yeah, I enjoy doing that. Um, yeah, so I edited okay. it out, but you said something about Robert Pattinson. He, yes. he, Dude, the element... Okay, so for a character to do to deliver a performance in the sense of they know something but you don't know that they know something that's like a secret and the other characters don't know that they know something and nothing has been communicated, but that on screen, right? Yeah. But yeah. that feeling like I wonder there's elements, there's elements yeah. there. There's like foreshadowing elements in the dialogue. Right. Yeah. And but, in, but in a moment. Yeah. Right. But you don't get the scent like, because Nolan's such a, genius when it comes to writing when it comes to you know time and space continuum tweaking and all that kind of thing you don't get the sense of you get the sense that he might be working for someone else right there's another agency involved Uh and and or even the russian guy and then there's a minute check the uh ukrainian right and then you get this moment where Oh, is he the one that's like unraveling this thing? Right. Like, is he? He's an inside. Like, he's a mole. Yeah. And and, and so you're kind of going on this ride, but you don't. But, yeah, you're but definitely his, waiting for that James Bond like but, double agent moment. Yeah, yeah, but he's so good at just you, you, there's a there's like this un, un underlying hidden confidence that he's communicating yeah. without communicating it, and yeah. that's what makes it special. I wonder if. Do you think Nolan directed him or didn't give him all of the script? And so he got a natural, like he didn't actually know what was happening until he needed to know what was happening. Like Robert Pattinson, when he was filming that way you get this, you don't potentially taint the 
acting by giving him more information than he needs to know in that moment. Hmm, like I, I'd know. be curious to know if, it, yeah, because I'm sure Robert will will come out and have you know interviews and stuff and be like, yeah, you know what, Nolan didn't actually tell me the real motivation for each of these until that scene at the end that we filmed, right? Which you see a lot in you know in, in some of the later Avengers movies yeah, right. where they don't they only give them a portion of the script that they need for that day, yeah, so they don't know where it's going, right? Um, so. Um, that can work for you and it can also work against you because Completely. you know they can it can be a little clunky mm-hmm. um i don't know i i want to i want to say i want i want to give robert pattison all the credit there sure. i mean i just I, I, yeah i wouldn't be surprised either yeah. way it just made me think of um you know when they were filming empire strikes back and uh the line that they said on set um, was uh, Obi-Wan killed your father. But when they went back and did James Earl Jones ADR for Vader, you know, then he put the real line in, no, I am your father. And the only person on set that knew that, though, was George Lucas, um, Ivan Reitman, Ivan, Reitman uh, Ivan Kirshner. Kirshner? Whoever directed Empire. Sorry, that's I should know that. And um, Mark Hamill. So Mark Hamill's reaction to no Obi-Wan killed your father is actually Mark Hamill reacting to the real line, but no one else knew that. Mm. The guy that was um, playing Darth Vader on set didn't know that. You know, Carrie Fisher, no one knew what the real line was. Right, because that was the big... Yeah, because that's that the big reveal. The massive reveal right, for I mean, that film, yeah. I mean, that's the biggest twist of all movie twists. Like, right. it's, it's so minuscule now, but in 80, it was Dude, that the was, biggest Everybody was big. talking about that. Yeah. Like, everybody. Right. People that weren't even Star Wars nerds were yeah. talking about that. So, only Hamill knew about it. So, I, I was just curious, like, if maybe only... You know, Robert, maybe maybe they did that. Maybe Nolan did that for Robert. He, only Robert Pattinson knew what the actual story was where, because the protagonist, um, John Davis uh, Washington, John David Washington, uh, is actually the guy that hired him from the beginning, but in the future, and then he's going backwards. It's, I got to see it again. But that, that the, was... I do want to see it again. The biggest reason... Um, Filming wise, yeah, that like cinematography wise, that I want to see it again is when they're pushing the girl on the gurney and they're coming, oh, yeah, in the and plane, they, they, yeah, because yeah. they're coming in and everybody's moving backwards, right? Which means that when they when the when the plane goes in, they should be going backwards back into the right, like we. Or you should see the ambulance going backwards when they're going into the hangar. Right. Yeah. And but so you, I don't. I don't. I mean, I think you do, but you just don't realize it because it's just yeah, a yellow it's, thing it's, going across the screen. Yeah. But see, those are the little yeah. details There's that I want to go back because thousand of those. Yeah. Because you you did see some of that when they started doing. You know, as the movie yeah. progresses and they're going. You know, this whole time continuum. You know, inverted thing yeah. that's happening. You you see these elements. Like the the building one. Oh, that's when so they, cool! At the, the when end. they blew up the yeah. building, and then they're, they're they blew like, it up from two timelines at the same time. And yeah, yeah, it, it, that blew my mind. That was cool. That one's great. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I, I think there's a lot to like about this movie. It's it's a shame that we we spent so much time talking about the the audio, but which 
again goes to show you how important sound yeah. is. Um, I think cinematography is, uh, for the most part, it's great in it. Um, it's very Nolan. You get a lot of those low angle, you know, wide shots following somebody as something terrible happens. You know, the opening scene in the opera house is just incredible. Yeah. And it feels very Nolan. Dude, if that doesn't hook, if that's yeah. not the biggest cinematic hook I've, I've seen in it's a while, great. it's it, fantastic. I mean, Nolan does those and he yeah. does them really well and he yeah. knows how to do them. And, uh, 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 Hoyt Van uh, Hoytema, I'm probably saying that name wrong, but his cinem- cinematographer now and is just uh, amazing. Um, but the only thing that bummed me out was a lot of the uh, action uh, when it was like close combat. Very hard for me to follow. It was very you know Jason Bourne, right? Handheld up close, yep. and, and to me, I was like that doesn't feel very Nolan to me. Usually, right. he's you know he's a little further back, a little wider, and you can kind of follow the action very well. And I don't know um, if that was intentional because the, the, I'm talking about the art um, hanger, you know, the uh, Freeport. Yeah, and it was probably hard. I I, I imagine it was probably the, the, at least this is what I felt when during that because I did feel that as well. I was like, hmm, that doesn't feel. That, that, yeah, that I can't really tell of, what is it happening. Felt out of character for Nolan. Yeah. In that, in that type of scene yeah. and i was like i wonder if some of that was to mask how difficult it was to do the inverted do the stuff inverted yeah because you're doing a fight scene and you're inverting it um but you can't just simply hit yeah. you know in post yeah. you know, like reverse we're, we're, right yeah that's not gonna work Just half of them aren't and half of them are reversing right. And then, so yeah, I mean, I, I there's going to be a great breakdown of that fight scene when the DVD comes out, I'm sure. But like, I'm really curious how they did that. Um, but it felt it was a little too frantic. I wanted to kind of enjoy that effect, mm-hmm. and I didn't really get to enjoy get that enjoy effect it, yeah. until so much, until yeah. the army scene at the end, right. With the multiple, you yeah. know, platoons or whatever. Then I'm like, some oh, okay. are running backwards, and some are going yeah. Forwards. And then they're in the yeah. background going forwards, but then the rest of the team is going backwards in the foreground. And it's just like, what is happening? Um, in in a good way, like what is happening in a good way? Like this is this is incredible. Like yeah. it, the thought process with this yeah. and the filmmaking and the production and to get it right and for it to be cohesive and make sense for the most part. Like yeah. there's a lot of, there's a lot of hand waving. There's, there's a moment where the scientist that he's talking to is just goes, don't try to understand it. And you're like, okay, <laughs> you're basically telling the audience, try Don't, don't try don't to understand think, it. Just enjoy the too ride. Hard, yeah. <laughs> um, which would have been paradigm fi- is going to, yeah, yeah it would have be- been fine if they left it at that. Yeah. But it felt like every ten minutes there was another section of exposition, right? And I got really tired of it. Yeah. Um, Christopher Nolan is like the king of exposition. Inception. Uh, uh, what's her name? Uh, Ellen Page is basically in that movie. Her character just for the exposition to explain yeah. what's happening. Yeah. Um, there was a lot in this, and it it kind of wore on me a little bit. Uh, but it didn't. It didn't. So Inception, it didn't feel. Like it felt like it fit. Yes, like, you know, because like there's it a teaching element so, to Inception. Yeah, because yeah, he's a teach. He's he's the architect teaching another younger architect. Yeah, it makes sense in that. Yeah. Maybe it's a little heavy-handed in that. Sure. In this, it 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 feels like it's just there because this premise is insane, right? And the audience would be absolutely lost without it. Yeah. And so my feedback to that would be: figure out a way to show it instead of telling it right and i I mean who am i to 
give feedback to Christopher Nolan, but you know, at the same time, it's like there, there's gotta be a way, there's gotta be a way to show instead of tell everything that you're doing. And, um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm talking about a lot of negatives. I had a lot of fun with it. I, I think it's a very fun movie in the sense of like, it's definitely not something you've seen before. Not at all. There's a lot of elements that are very incredible. Yeah. And I think the, um, the main actress is great in it. Um, she's, uh, Elizabeth Debicki. Mm-hmm. I think she's really good in it. I think, um, her conveyance of, uh, you know, spousal abuse and stuff is actually, uh, it really hits and she doesn't have yeah, a whole her, lot the to emotional do though. Delivery, yeah, she's emotional a, delivery. She's a little bit there. of damsel in distress, yeah. but a little, yeah, <laughs> I guess that's an understatement probably, but, um, but I think she's good. And then I thought Kenneth Branagh was actually really good. Uh, I thought his, I thought he would be kind of annoying. I don't really like Kenneth Branagh that much. Um, but him with his Ukrainian accent, like, I, I bought it. Like I was like, oh yeah, okay. He's not he's not doing this weird Hollywood Ukrainian accent. It right, felt yeah. like he probably went to like a speech a speech pathologist and um, really got the dialect down. And um, his backstory was really interesting too. And then him wanting to destroy the world because if he can't have it, no one can. Right. You yeah. Know? And yeah, it's such a simple bad guy idea, but right. It works, I feel like. I mean, I think a lot of people might be like, well, that's a stupid reason for your bad guy to be a bad guy. And it's like, you know, sometimes people are bad just because they're they're jealous or selfish. Like, right. you know, and right. he just happened to be this trillionaire so he could afford to be as selfish as he absolutely wanted to be. Sure, yeah. Um, but yeah, I think there's a lot of elements to love. Uh, it's definitely going to probably get better as the viewings progress. Like, the more I watch it, I think I'll enjoy it more. Right. Um it's it's not his weakest movie. I still think The Dark Knight Rises is probably his weakest. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, if if you're if you're comfortable with going back out and going to a theater, definitely see it in a theater. Though, I mean, I, yeah. I know we talked about the mix, but we, we get, it is give a it big a, give movie. it a week or two yeah. for them to deliver the new. I'm sure they've probably already delivered. I wouldn't it. be surprised yeah, but, if somebody's on yeah. it already. Yeah, but um, it, it's a movie that deserves to be seen on a theater screen. I Big think. time. I yeah. really do. So and 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 if if you can get to an IMAX, even better because it was shot in IMAX. So it was. Yeah, I, I'd be curious to see how I, I, some of the previews I've seen online, um, like IMAX's Instagram or whatever. It doesn't. It's not like the full. Oh, really? aspect ratio that i was expecting between uh dark knight like because dark knight it goes from like four by three imax to you know 235 the the previews that i've seen on at least on their instagram so maybe they're not showing all of it it looks more like just like from 235 to 198 or one two maybe just 2.0 so it's not a whole lot I mean, comparatively speaking, like yeah. it's not a lot. So I don't know if you'd really miss much. The I'm sure the airplane sequence is absolutely incredible in IMAX, considering they strapped a bunch of IMAX cameras to a real 747 and right. threw it into a hangar. But yep. um, yeah, I don't think I, I don't feel like I missed anything going just to the the Cine one, which is not. Yeah, IMAX. I didn't. Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, wait, wait, maybe wait another week just to be sure. Look, look for some articles. See if anybody's like, hey, the mix got better or something like that. Right. Or my local theater decided to turn the game down, and right. it was such a better movie this time. Meaning, it got they got delivered a V two of that file, yeah, right? <laughs> um, but definitely in the theater though. Like yeah. th this is this is a, a Nolan movie, 
So one check mark there for a theater experience, and then two, uh, it is it is a movie worth going back to the theater for. Yep. And then uh, three, like it, it's it's a summer it's a summer flick for sure. Like yeah. it, it feels like a blockbuster in the only way that Nolan can do. You know, right? Which. Yeah. Good or ill. Yeah. I mean, I'm still, I'm still having a hard time. I mean, that was, that, that was such a like just sucker punch with the audio. I mean, I know it's rough. Yeah. Yeah. Well, anyways, there's our, uh, there's our glowing review for Tenet. Yeah. Um, let, let me, let me, should I see who the sound guy is and put him on blast or not? No, I don't no. think it's his fault. I really don't. I I'm don't. telling you, I think it, I think it's this marketing thing that's taking over and somebody from, Dolby or I'm, you know, IMAX is just telling them crank it, crank it, crank it. Because you know. I would love, I would, what do you know? I'd really love, I would love the studio to respond to the outpouring of these. That'd be great. Of the, you know, yeah. I mean, that's a, that would WB, be a huge yeah. win. That would, that, yeah. do you know how, how far that would go oh, to be like if the studio took responsibility and said, yep, we, we, we totally blew it on this one or and and yeah we're, we're making it right and we're delivering a new file um and dude if they would go as far as if the people that went to see it the opening weekend and said you can go see it on us yeah that's because that doesn't hurt their bottom line because we've already given them our money but even if they didn't do that but if they just took responsibility and said that they have a fix in place dude i would be so impressed well i wouldn't even mind them honestly and and this sounds a little diabolical but i wouldn't be against them throwing the mixing company under the bus in a way because if it is in fact dolby and imax and whoever else doing these just because they want to market it as the loudest experience then maybe that'll actually like keep them from doing that keep dolby from yeah but at the end of the day the studio is the ones delivering the file they're the ones that are supposed to do the quality control sure they're the That's ones true. that you know and, yeah. they're the, and if they hired that company to do that thing they hired that company they hired them. that yeah. company that's true and and they're also they're the ones that are so that's fair. They they need to take responsibility. Yeah, they, and they that's won't. not that's not asking for much. They won't. That's do not it. asking for much. It's WB. They won't do anything. <laughs> All right. Anyway, that's enough. It's been good. It's been good. Welcome Man, back. The best part of this episode is Robert Battinson. Nope, the baby. Oh, baby, baby Abbotts. Baby Abbotts. March twenty twenty. Baby Abbotts coming to a theater near you. That's true. That's cool. Oh no. <laughs> Oh no, my theater experience if I can see it slipping away. Goodbye. Um Goodbye. we took Jacob to the to the the first movie that we took Jacob to was Finding Nemo. And he was uh three? Uh almost three. That's young. Yep. All right. And so, he loved going to movies after that. So once two. the baby hits, I got three years until I'm seeing a movie in the theater again. Is that what you're telling me? No, not necessarily. Okay. You might get a babysitter and go yeah. with you and your wife. Yeah, let's see. Yeah. Let's see what happens. My my wife likes babies. Likes babies. <laughs> All right. Especially if she doesn't have to 
you know, yeah, keep them, change them all the time. <laughs> oh, sure. She'd yes. be happy to change a baby well, for an evening. You just, uh, you just volunteered her. So thank you. I did. Yeah. I did. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm, I'm, notice, I'm noticing so. you're not volunteering. I would be a part of that. Obviously. Oh, okay. All right. you know, I'm not yeah. going with you and your wife to the movie. Uncle Thurston. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, I think that about does this, Eric. Um, do you have any remembrance on how to close the show out? Absolutely not. All right. But I'll give it a try. Let's do it. All right. Well, hey, guys, thank you so much for listening and hanging with us and all our antics and our rants and everything in between. You can find Zach Abbott's on Instagram and Twitter at Zach Abbott's. You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube at Eric Thurston. You can find the Easy Podcast on your favorite streaming platform. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at the Easy Podcast. And you can find us on YouTube at the Easy Podcast Show, right? Yes, I think I heard everything correctly. Yeah, because it's if not, not the Easy Podcast the show, show on Twitter and, no, and uh, no, no, Instagram. No. Yeah, you're good. Okay, yeah, good. You're right. yeah, yeah. And if you have any questions, comments, complaints, or concerns, you send all those to Zach where he appropriately sends them to the trash can. No, I put them in the archive. At <laughs> the Easy Podcast Show at gmail.com. That's it, guys. Thanks for listening to this ramble, and um, be good to each other. All right. Okay. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye now.